Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It's my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. My name is Raik van Nikerk and my guest today is Delphine Govender. She's the co-founder and chief investment officer of the boutique asset management group Perpetua. Delphine, welcome to the show. Let's start with Jerome Powell, uh, the chairman of the Fed. And on Wednesday, he actually surprised the market and adopted a surprisingly dovish tone about the U.S. economy. And this sparked a stock market rally uh, and weakened the dollar a bit. And uh, Powell hinted that the U.S. may be at the end of a rate cycle and that the Fed may reduce the liquidity in the market uh, a bit faster than was previously expected. What do you make of this and what do you think the impact on uh, South Africa can be? Thank you, Ray. Thank you for uh, the opportunity. And it's what we've gotten used to, I think, perhaps particularly in the last, um, from the end of 2017 to today's, we get used to living with surprises. I was speaking to a colleague yesterday who said that if, if you're not surprised by you know, news that's going to be surprising, then you should be more surprised, um, meaning that this is just the, the volatility and the shifts in the market, particularly in the last 12 to 14 months, are, are realities that we, we need to start to learn to live with. Coming back you know, to your question specifically, I think for, you know, many market participants really saw the year ahead as a year where um, we, we knew that global growth was going to start to plateau, particularly because the U.S. has come off quite a decent run and many people looking more to kind of emerging markets for, for economic growth as opposed to developed markets. So as you, as you enter this year, with interest rates uncertain in the U.S., but not expecting significantly more to come, there was uncertainty about whether that would happen. And I think what we've seen is now some clear direction that there will clearly be a pause on interest rate hikes as long as that there's no inflation overshoot, which doesn't look likely. And so this, the market was probably not expecting to hear as soon as we did. We, I think we probably thought as the quarters unfolded, we would get some direction. And at the same time, I think we're starting to see that the reality of the underlying fundamentals needing to come through is critical, which, which the U.S. has done. And now as we move, while I think South Africa will benefit in some way from, from this direction and uh, just purely because of sentiment that you're moving slightly positive on a global perspective, there's still way too much uncertainty that exists in the world at large, particularly the trade wars. That hasn't disappeared, you know, the Brexit yeah. issue the emerging markets, you know, um, in, in Argentinian debt issues, the it, Italy, Turkey. So that hasn't, you know, really moved. What has moved, I think, at the end of last night was that the Fed's interest rate hiking path um, is not going to be adding to those uncertainties. And so I guess that was probably a positive. But uh, the market reacted quite positively. The Dow rose by 1.8%, um, the S&P 500 by one5 um, and the Nasdaq by 2.2%. Um, and this means that the Dow has now gained more than 7% this year so far. The S&P 500 is, has gained uh, 6.9%. The Nasdaq up 8.3%. So quite a positive reaction this year as opposed to the, the dreadful last year. Yes, absolutely. Bear in mind, we had a shocker of December in, in global markets, particularly the U.S. So we're coming off quite a low starting point for the beginning of the year. The market didn't have that big leg down in December, we might not see the kind of level of year-to-date return. So the starting point is always important um, for perspective. But yes, I think this kind of, you know, had we not 
uh, if we were not dealing with all the other um, uncertainties that I listed earlier, um, we, we might even have seen a, a sharper rally. But um, and given the starting point, I think those are decent returns, absolutely. And the local market, you know, last year we also had a, a poor year. We are at the end of January currently. Do you think we can sustain a positive momentum for the rest of the year? Look, we would like to think so. Um, 2018, I call it the year of, of, of recalibration or rebasing. We, we almost all knew that a year like 2018 was inevitable. I think what was surprising is that it, for South Africa particularly is that it happened without, in the absence of any major crisis um, you know, that transmitted to our market. It was really just a rebasing year where we just gave up a, you know, a whole bunch of returns um, that we had accumulated over the five to six to seven years prior. And, and if you look at you know, the, the extent of the, of the Aussie returns, we really saw very high returns from the, from the South African stock market, say from 2009 to around 2013. And then in the last four to five years, you know, it's come back fairly in terms of the quantum. So this, again, if I, you know, going back to my point, point that I mentioned earlier, we've, we've rebased. So the potential for return um, is higher from these levels, but you're also dealing with an environment where profits are not very visible, meaning the next six to 12 months, we can't really get directions for how positive. And if you see the slew of trading updates coming from many of the consumer-facing companies, many companies reporting that we should prepare for negative earnings growth for the first time in several years for many of them. So we still have that to work out of the system. But what was important last year was that the negative returns from the South African stock market were really driven by a derating. So PE multiples you know, coming down after they had been elevated to incredibly high levels and, and stayed there for many years. So that kind of rebasing and recalibration of the PE multiple is quite important to, for a sustainable return. So we're more optimistic for the year ahead, but I think it's very much more stock-driven than necessarily market-driven. Yes, yeah, so a rebasing in asset management terms, uh, roughly translated, means opportunities. You manage the balance fund and you're also one of the, the managers of the equity fund, the Perpetual Equity Fund. Have you changed your approach since last year? Are you actually uh, buying um, currently in the market? You know, last year we were already starting to get a little bit more optimistic on the prospective returns, again, purely exactly for the reason you mentioned, which was declining markets. So while declining markets are awful to experience as investors as you, as you see you know, returns evaporate, some of those returns were potentially unsustainable in the first place. So they were, you know, they were a boon, a nice to have, um, a bit of a, a, you know, a free gift, so to speak, and then, and then they, they evaporate. But declining markets present you with opportunities. And, and that's exactly, you know, what we started to see, hard as they may be when, to see when you're in them because you are in momentum of a negative sentiment cycle and a negative visibility cycle, meaning, you know, visibility is poor on where returns will come from. So as this year has started, we haven't changed our strategy. We've, we continue to increase our South African equity exposure in the fund. The balance fund, as you mentioned, also has uh, the ability to invest in global. So that also is near its maximum in its global exposure. But I think importantly within the stocks, in the South African equity exposure, we've started to you know, source opportunities from many more stocks than perhaps three or four years ago when opportunities were concentrated in a very small part of the market, for example, like resources. Can you name a few? Sure. So you know, some of the shares we've been adding to in the last you know, several months 
um, shares like the food producers, so Pioneer, Tiger Brands. I mean, both those stocks have fallen. Pioneer has come you know, all the way down from over 200 rand about a year and a half ago, and it's now trading in the 80s. Tigers equally, you know, trading above 400 rand last year, if we were speaking this time, and now in the kind of 2670 level. Okay, part of that was self-inflicted. We know there was the listeriosis issues in the first part of last year. Now, both these stocks we didn't own, you know, in, in size. Tigers, we had zero holding a year ago. Pioneer, a small holding. Sold some and then bought it back when we saw how much it has come back. And both of them, you know, have fallen as much as they have because of really tough trading conditions. And, and the biggest issue facing many of, of the South African consumer companies, both on the manufacturing, producing, and selling leg, has been very low food inflation particularly. Um, and so what we've seen is that the ability to grow top line, you know, uh, retailers need inflation because inflation is what helps them put prices up. When inflation is negative, that means you're starting with your revenue being negative, you know, from, from the get-go. And the food producers have it even worse because they have rising input costs. So they're paying more for the product, but they can't pass that price across so their margins get squeezed. And that's a classic cyclical situation. It's exactly what happened to both of those companies. Um, and so now we think pretty good quality business, which have fallen on kind of tough cyclical times, are being sold down as though they're poor quality. The retail side as well, we've been adding um, a little bit to the likes of Woolies. Looking at the top 10 equity holdings of both your balance fund and the equity fund, right at the top is uh, British American Tobacco. That lost more than 40% last year and and Willys as well, uh, which was uh, also under immense pressure. When did you buy those counters? Sure. So um, Willys is a stock that we started buying in about 2017 in size. So, But remember... Woolies was over 100 rand at, at around um, in 2016, and then it you know it fell to first I think 80 and then 70, and then by the end of 2017 it was in the 60s, and then through last year it really had that next leg down from 60 to I think as low as you know the high 40s and trading around the 50 rand 40 you know high high 40 level at the moment, and equally British American Tobacco that stock has you know traded between probably 650 to 750 for most of last year. We had a fair value above that. And obviously with the news in, in November about the potential banning of the menthol cigarettes, the share fell all the way from 600 down to you know 450 where it's been trading. It, I think it touched as low as 430 earlier this week and, and has, has, has bounced from that. Both of them, you know, slightly different uh, situations. So we, you know, on, on, with the benefit of hindsight, we might have entered those stocks early. But I think one of the important things to remember with investing is that what matters is not whether the share price is falling or rising. What matters is what's the business worth. And both in those both those examples, we think the share, the business, the share prices are completely undervaluing the worth of the business, even with new information in the British American Tobacco example, where we potential profits will be evaporated should the menthol banning go through or effectively hit. So we think that the fair value for British American Tobacco, even in a, in a scenario where menthol cigarettes are banned in a few years' time, which would affect their U.S. profits, the business is still worth significantly more than the current share price, less than we might have thought it was worth you know, a year ago when menthol banning was not mentioned, um, but still significantly higher. And I think that's the importance of, of when you're investing, investing with a margin of safety because events that you don't expect to happen can happen. Yeah, the uh, current P.E. of uh, British American Tobacco is under four, and the forward P.E. Um, under nine, uh, 8.4, 
according to Profile Media, and a dividend yield of nearly 8%. Uh, it does seem to, to be very attractive. The problem with the market is the market likes, and when we say the market in inverted commas, because often individuals believe they're trading a stock today at 450 and they believe all that is the value because that's what a, a, a willing buyer is prepared to pay. But clearly it's not the value. Um, the value is higher, but you're also dealing in a period of uncertainty. And, and what do investors in the market you know, fear the most? Poor short-term visibility because that just gives them no ability to figure out where a price might settle believing that price is value. But that creates opportunities for investors like ourselves who are willing to look through the extreme sentiments in the market. And I think what 2018 really showed us is how that pendulum of investor sentiment operates. With this, all the stocks, you know, if, if we were speaking three years ago and we spoke about Woolies being in our top 10 and BTI in our top 10 and some of the other stocks that are there now, Tigers in our top 10, it, you wouldn't have you know, asked any questions about those shares because those would have been popular shares to have owned um, good quality businesses as they would have been referred to. And their share prices would have been in, in, in many instances you know, 60, 70, 80% higher than they currently are now. And that's the irony. And after a lot of these stocks have fallen, albeit with some new information, now people are surprised to see them in top 10 because, despite the fact that they're way more attractive now than they ever were in the yeah. last three years. On the short-term horizon for South Africa, we will see an election, and we've already seen some populist comments uh, from various political parties, um, and it will be actually a quite tough election to fight for many parties. Uh, Do you think that will affect markets at all? I think it will. I think it's natural. And if you just look at this, the geopolitical impact that the world, you know, that has been, we've been experiencing in the world over the last five to seven years and how that's really transmitted into markets globally. What we're finding with South Africa is creates what we call this range-bound nature where markets struggle to really go through a level because there's this broader uncertainty, broader uncertainty about potential policy changes, broader uncertainty about who will lead, you know, whether the, the fiscal um, constraints that we're operating in the country. So, you know, as important as the election is, as equally important is, is, is next month's budget and where the money is, is for things like ESCOM and the other important, you know, foundations that we need in our economy over and above just political stability. We live uh, in interesting times indeed. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Delphine. That was Delphine Govender. She's the co-founder and chief investment officer of the boutique asset management group, Perpetra.